We recently spent 72 hours with the biggest YouTube creator on the planet, Mr. Beast. And while we were there, he showed us some things that he's never showed anyone. And today we're going to bring you through our experience and give you three lessons that we learned while spending time with Mr. Beast. This is an exclusive episode for the Pod Squad. Yeah, there is no YouTube upload today. Strictly audio. First time in a while. This is our first Monday since we started doing the Colin and Samir show on YouTube that we haven't uploaded a Colin and Samir show. And that is because we've been traveling. Yeah, we went to Greenville, North Carolina, and we spent, what, 72 hours with Mr. Beast. It's a pretty amazing experience. First of all, Greenville is very far from Los Angeles. It's, it's like one of the furthest places you could go. Geographically from, far yeah. and spiritually, spiritually far. Spiritually far from Los Angeles. Totally different from LA. Um, but the opportunity to go spend time with Mr. Beast uh, and his team was just like, we ha had to go do it, of course. Like such an interesting, unique opportunity. We've become close with Jimmy. Um, and J Jimmy is his name, if you don't know Mr. Beast. Uh, his name is Jimmy. And just getting the opportunity to go out there and just, witness what he's building like he's talked to us about it before we've done a couple interviews on the show with him but on this episode we're just going to talk to you about our experience what it was like to spend 72 hours with the biggest youtube creator someone who's capturing so much attention someone who's figured out the internet in a way that i'm not sure anyone else has no yeah there, there truly is no one like him i mean he has at this point 65 plus million subscribers and rising. That, that may and be wrong. He may have his, more than that. That's just on his main channel. You think about his other channels. He has Beast Reacts, which has over 10 million, right? He's got Beast Gaming. He's got Mr. Beast Shorts. He's got Mr. Beast in Espanol. He just launched Mr. Beast in Russian. He is truly building what feels like not just a modern day media company, but really like it felt to us like a modern day movie studio. Yeah, I mean, when you arrive, the, the first day we drove around with Jimmy, and we hit four or five different locations, of which they're all warehouses with crews building sets inside them. They're sound stages, mm -hmm. really. And we went to another location, which was, you know, accounting, HR. We sat in in creative meetings. There's everything that a studio has. It's just that it's now dispersed across mm -hmm. Greenville, North Carolina. So let's take a couple steps back. Last Wednesday, we leave LA on a red-eye flight, which, first of all, red eyes... <laughs> Not an easy thing to do. Or easy if you fall asleep. You did not fall asleep. No. Yeah. But Colin confirmed in sleep. I actually famously fell asleep. What I mean by that is when we left the plane, the flight attendant was like, hey, you <laughs> slept. And I was like, yeah, I, I did. I think they said, hey, it's the sleeper. Yeah. And I was like, I guess I was the only guy on the plane who yeah. slept. That's yeah. great. Celebrity sleeper. The Celebrity guy who actually sleeper, slept yeah. on the red eye. So once we landed, the thing we had to do after only four hours of flying, by the way, which means that maximum that I could have slept was like three hours. Yes. But right after, had to rent a car and then drive two hours to Greenville. That was, that was pretty intense. Yeah, so I, I was pretty out of it at that point. First impressions of Greenville. Personally, my first impression was wow, we are out here, you know, we are far uh, from what I'm comfortable with. And that putting myself in the shoes of employees at Mr. Beast, this would be hard for me to live here. Yeah. This, this is not something I would do. A lot of like green pastures, a lot of um, churches, a yep. lot of, uh, it also is home of East Carolina University. So it was like, 
there was a college, little college town. Yeah. There's a lot of like abandoned buildings as well. A lot on of, the way in. That was yeah, our first impression. But the outskirts of any town or yeah. any city are never, it's, you know, no. it's so, those parts. So we end up, you know, first of all, the, the team takes really good care of us. Like the Mr. Beast team put us up. They, uh, they had all these nice, like, you know, a house for us, which mm-hmm. was amazing. They, they loaded it in with snacks. That was really nice. Yeah. Um, and they were just in communication with us at all times. At all times. There was always someone in communication with us. Like he really has a well-oiled machine out there. Jimmy picks us up and we start going around to like the different locations. And we go to his first location, which is the main one. And he's got like sets that are built for different videos. And they had just shot a video for 10 days that, you know, creatively he wasn't happy with. Um, And so they were going to try it again. So you start to realize we sat in on creative meetings with him for about three, four hours. And they were working on like four different videos. So the development of these videos is what he spends most of his time on. And one thing we talked about was uh, actually about Elon Musk and like, what does his day in the life look like? And I think he said to Marquez Brownlee in a podcast, he was like, well, I'm in engineering meetings all day. And the interesting thing was it felt like what Jimmy does is like he's in content engineering meetings. Yeah, he's in development meetings and there's two sides to those meetings. There's creative and there's production, right? So there's let's come up with the best possible idea that we can. And then right next to it, there are people who are asking the questions that have to do with actually executing these ideas and are taking notes on, okay, Jimmy wants four masseuses to be there for this part of the video. Yep, we can make that happen. And additionally, you're talking about like production. So people are also talking about cameras, how they're going to set up the cameras, how they're going to do the audio, how they're going to talk to each other on walkie talkies. But, But they're also building custom sets for each video. So then there's also people in there who are talking about construction. And I think the interesting thing during those meetings was that every part of the team, whether it was creative, whether it was set design, uh, production, whatever it is, all of them had a, had a knowledge and understanding of YouTube and retention and what it takes to keep someone from the beginning to the very end. And they were able to make decisions based off of retention of, okay, well, maybe the set needs to be like this because that'll be more interesting and then we'll scene change and that'll be another interesting story element that will keep people going. Like everything had to do with retention and making the best possible video. I think that was um, the first key lesson of the trip for me, just spending time with Jimmy is that, first of all, I think being able to capture someone's attention is one of the most important skills in the world. When you think about like storytelling, which we oftentimes say is the most important skill to have, it's really a mechanism to captivate someone's attention, right? And say, I have your attention now. And Ty Verdes on our podcast also said something similar where he was talking about how he writes lyrics and how he can't just say something generic because it won't capture anyone's attention. He's Ty, no one knows who he is. So he thinks about what's the most unique way to tell this story. Like what's a unique line to start with. I think he said to us, uh, there, there's one song he has that's called, we could have, we would have some cute kids. Like that's a unique line. And he has another line that says, uh, I miss the sex. And so he's like opening up with a line like that. Your thought is, okay, what's this guy about to say next? And that was the same thing that Jimmy thinks about. And the way him and his whole team thinks about it is in these like six second or like 10 second increments. If you watch his videos where it's like, you have to keep someone captivated. You have to go, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? 
And that happens visually. It happens through storylines. It happens through um, double narratives. It happens through um, uh, scene changes and like aesthetic changes. And all everyone in his organization is thinking through that lens. And one thing I think if you are, if you're a YouTube creator and you're listening to this, one thing I don't think I spend enough time on at all, which I did this morning, was just looking at retention graphs. Taking your video and saying, when do most people come off? When do most people click off of this video? And Jimmy, when he sat down and talked about our videos with us, he knew it exactly. Yeah, there was a, our video about the hype house. He said that was interesting. The title was interesting. The thumbnail was interesting. And I clicked, but I was bored in the first five seconds. And I would imagine that 40% of the people dropped off in those first five seconds. That's what he said. By 10 seconds, we had lost 50% of the people who clicked on the video. Yeah. And so he said, well, what can you do there to keep people during those seconds? Because they're yeah. the most valuable seconds. Like you should probably think really hard. We yeah. spend a lot of time, he was saying, thinking about just those first five to 10 seconds. And he was able to recite some of the opening lines Dude, from his that, videos. That was interesting, by the way. So we, we recorded a three-hour podcast with him, which we're going to work on editing. It'll probably take us, I would say, three to four weeks to really like put something compelling together from that, especially with the lessons we learned from him about how to, how to you know, really edit that for retention. But um, he, uh, he really, uh, I think just, he really made my mind think in, in the direction of you and I have to spend a lot of time working on the hook of the video, which is the first six seconds. Like what is the opening line of a video? And how do we structure it in a way where you're like, okay, what's about to happen next? You can imagine for this podcast specifically, this episode, mm -hmm. we could have started it immediately with, we spent 72 hours with the biggest YouTuber on the planet and he showed us things no one's ever seen before. That's great. I'll, we'll probably record an intro after this and we'll use that. That sounds that's like great. that. That sounds way better. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that he really focuses on. And I actually think that that goes far beyond YouTube. We, we're, we're giving a keynote speech in, in September. Um, and it's a 50 minute long you know, speech that we're giving. And so thinking about like, how are we gonna make sure that there's like twists and turns and like the story's gonna take you up and down and the opening line gets you to the point where you're sitting in a, you know, a convention hall chair. And everyone from the first line is going, Okay, yeah, well, what next? What next? Because if they're next? not saying what next after the first line, yeah. then you've already lost. The thing that's interesting is like Jimmy calls and he talks to me about our videos a lot. And I always thought in my head, well, we're not gonna do what Mr. Beast does. So it's kind of not as relevant to us. Like we're, we're, we're totally different. But then after talking to him, you know, I think he really, really like put it in my head that like, yeah, you're not gonna do what I do, but what's the version for you? Mm -hmm. Like what's the version for you? Cause like you're doing, you're giving us inf interesting information, but you have to present it in a more interesting way. Yeah, for him, you know, to keep people interested, the first five seconds may be indoors and then all of a sudden the scene changes and yeah. it's a drone shot and he's running through the jungle. Right, right. That's right. his version of keeping people on their toes. Right. Ours may be B-roll, right? Yeah, like that just meant the compelling B-roll or graphics. Yeah, I think a great example is in our Call Her Daddy episode on YouTube, like within the, we say something, you know, uh, catchy in the beginning. I don't remember like that. It sold for $60 million, right? So already you're like, what? And then immediately after within five seconds, there's this montage of all the headlines that say, call her daddy. 
And it's so visually engaging because the call her daddy uh, text, stays, text in the middle. stays in the middle and everything moves around it. And so immediately you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And there's audio behind it and there's music behind it. So there's, it's so stimulating um, that it keeps you. And uh, I think the interesting thing is that for us, probably what we're going to work on now is like this gradual change in our, in our show and in the Colin and Smear show. The main first step for us is just studying our retention graphs and saying, can we successfully keep more than 40% of the people after the first 30 seconds? And that even, will change everything for us. That's really interesting. And can we even keep 80% of the people three-fourths yeah. of the way through? Yeah. Right? Like that would His, be a success. The goal he, he said for us is 70% retention. Right now we're sitting at 40, which means that people on average are watching 40% of our video. So can we get people to watch 70%? That's our challenge. And I think that's a, like having these tangible metrics in, in YouTube and in, in, um, in what we're doing in the creator world, those are really good to latch onto because now we can sit with our whole team and talk about it and talk about what we learned and say, all right, everyone, we're going to work on um, the opening of the video because the opening of the video is really important. That was the thing that I realized with Jimmy's team. And he even said this to us. It's like you got to surround yourself with people who will hold you accountable to what you're trying to do. I think that's lesson number two is that your team should be as informed as you are, if not more informed, right? So whenever we learn something, having spent the last 72 hours with, with Jimmy and learning some of these things about retention, our team, actually, every member of our team should be super plugged in mm -hmm. so that if they're editing it or they're making graphics for it, they have that in their mind. And they yeah. can even check us if we think that an episode's ready to go and they say, well, the hook in the beginning is terrible. Yeah. You, you did not even think about the hook. Yeah. Like we need everyone in our office to know the things that we now know. Yes. Yeah, and I think beyond that, he surrounds himself also with people who are mission aligned, like people who care about YouTube. Like what Jimmy does in his off time is he picks up the phone and he calls other creators and he you know, coaches them on what he knows. And then he asks, you know, what's, what he could do better with his videos. Um, and I think like outside of, um, outside of just our team, he also said, you should have a group of creators who like talk to each other about your videos. And you should have someone who's willing to pick up the phone and tell you like the beginning of that video was boring. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important. Again, no matter what you're doing, if you're in YouTube, if you're in TikTok, or if you're outside of social media, like having a group, especially if you're an entrepreneur who's like holding you accountable to the things you said you wanted to do, I think that's that's a big lesson. Yeah, super, super and important something to have that those he's, people. Something that he's done really well. Mm -hmm. So the third lesson I would say was focus. Man, I, I mean, th this just came, this lesson I feel like came to us just by being there and experiencing what it's like to be a part of his team and to be in Greenville. You know, there really were so few distractions in Greenville, North Carolina. It was all about the work. And when there, when there are so few distractions, work can be almost that much more exciting. Yeah. Right? Because you can just focus on all of the little intricacies of how you can make this better, more enjoyable. And there was something so wholesome about, you know, 
just spending time out there. I mean, one thing I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Jimmy doesn't drink, doesn't party, doesn't like, it's just not that interested in, in a lot of those things that I think a typical person who becomes like rich, famous and like big in the entertainment world would be interested in. Um, but what he does do for fun and like, he, he lives a pretty simple life and a pretty modest life considering who he is. Um, but he has like a basketball court at his house and that's where people like, his team, people from the company, us, his friends, they come and they play basketball. I mean, it was like Space Jam back there. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this. Like your, your boys were dunking. Colin and I, out of nowhere, were some of the best hoopers out there. And hopefully no one from his team's listening <laughs> so that they can't check us on that. But we played two nights in a row and we played until two in the morning. Yeah. And I, every time we went over to play, I couldn't believe we were going to play basketball. I was, I loved it. I loved you, you, the competition. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully you, you were like, I was pushing, you were like, agenda. why wouldn't we go? Yeah. We're here. Yeah. I was, I and, was and, it, and that was the right move. And, um, sometimes it just takes a little more for me, yeah, you know, yeah, to get I, over the hump. I, 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 for me, I was like, let's do this all in, like whatever this trip is, let's go all in on this trip. And like, basketball late into the night turned out to be one of the best parts of the highlights, trip. Yeah. Highlights. So fun. Um, and you're also playing with people who are interested in YouTube and interested in like like-minded people. So yeah. afterwards you're also chatting about YouTube and in between games, you're talking about videos. And I thought it was so fun. It almost felt like summer camp to me being there and where like everything was focused around what we're all really into. Cause we're also not all doing this job cause we have to, we're, we're all doing this job cause we want to. And so surrounding yourself with other people who feel that same way. Cause sometimes I think it's hard to relate to people about work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I tell people like, yeah, I'm, I'm going into the office or I'm going to work on Saturday. And they're like, ah, oh, that sucks. Man. Sorry. Sorry. And I'm like, what? No, I'm super excited. Yeah. Like I'm, I want to get this done. Even today, like it's Sunday at 5 PM and you and I are here podcasting. Cause I'm like, we're not uploading. I think let's put out a podcast and this is what we're doing right now. This is the thing I like to do. Been looking forward to it all day. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, but yeah, it was great to be surrounded by those types of people. Yeah. Uh, and you know, night two, we played two games, five on five, full court. Okay, first so game. You, you still want, you want to get into the highlights of the basketball. I don't want to just yeah. pass it by. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, first, first game, I think I was the leading scorer on the losing team. Okay. But still, yeah. I, you know. No, you were. I Second was, game, I was the leading scorer. And we both had some assists. Samir and I had a lot now, of chemistry. We should also say, Jimmy was the leading scorer sure. in both games. His team won both His times. His team won both times, and he was the leading scorer, but that's because... He was like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. L- yeah, little known fact, he's like 6'4", and the guy has a hook shot that's out of I found of myself guarding him yeah. way too often, where I was looking around and being like, is there anyone taller? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was funny. But yeah, it, it was really interesting. Like Everything was a very, very like wholesome and very like focused, you know? And, I, and we also got to spend time with um, at the Beast Philanthropy mm-hmm. um, HQ. And, and one thing I loved about that was the Beast Philanthropy HQ was, um, it has like these, these fridges. And the reason why it has those is so they can deliver fresh food. And I didn't know that typical food banks, I guess it makes sense. I remember donating to food banks when I was younger, like you do canned goods or dried goods. Yeah. And he does fresh food. The thing about Jimmy, what's interesting is he also took us to where his mom, his mom runs like the back office, which is like the accounting and, and this, yeah. the HR and stuff. And they showed us his financials, which was one of the most interesting things to see. I mean, I have to guess that we are some of the very few people who have seen that. Yeah, line uh, by line. Line by line. What was spent on a certain video, what gets spent per month on what. Yeah, monthly was, expenses of Mr. Beast. 
I think it, it was one of the most interesting things to look at. Um, but one of the line items was the Mr. Beast charity and um, the, the philanthropy stuff. And yeah. he invests a lot of money in making sure that that is the best food bank and best philanthropy that it can be. And that was really cool. Yeah, and he's, I think because of what he's done on YouTube, he's not bound by what's happened before. Yeah. Right? Like, he's done things in a way that no one else has done before, and I think he applies that uh, confidence almost, that yeah. mindset to whatever he does, which includes philanthropy. So they look at how other people are running food banks, and they think, you yeah, know, well, we can do it in the model that we just feel is right. Yeah. Maybe not the model that has been done before, but in a way that we think is right. He really thinks differently. Uh, he really does. Like spending spending time with him, spending seventy two hours with him. Like you're around someone who just doesn't think like the majority of people. Just thinks totally differently. Um, but he's very pragmatic about all of it. Like he's just like, if you want your videos to be better, just spend more time thinking about how 60 percent of people won't leave. Yeah, he's very matter of fact. Like he's very matter of fact. He's just like, when are they leaving? They're leaving in the first ten seconds. Make the first ten seconds better. Yeah. Make that your project. The first 10 seconds have to be the best 10 seconds of video you can make. And I think that feels very intangible. That's um, also part of why our episode is not coming out today. Yeah. Because we did not, we, we want to make sure the beginning is really interesting and apply mm -hmm. some of these things we've learned mm -hmm. uh, before we release it. That, that is what I've really realized. Like what our job is as Colin and Samir is like, brainstorm and come up with really good ideas. Also surround ourselves with people who can help that help with that, like help bring ideas to the table. Think about exactly how we're going to service our audience and what they want to see. And then you and I have to work really hard on the hooks. Like what, why is this interesting? Why is this the idea we picked? Because if we can't come up with an opening couple of lines that are going to grab someone's attention, uh, then maybe it's not an interesting topic. You know, maybe we haven't, or we haven't worked hard enough. Like the cool thing was when we sat with Jimmy and we talked about different things, it was like, just, he would just press us one more, one more, one more, right? Like when we're thinking about video titles, we'd come up, we, we were making, we're making our next breakdown about YouTube boxing. And so we, we, we threw out the title and he's like, okay, I kind of like that. Let's what's, throw out another What's the one. next version? What's the next version? What's the next version? What's the next version? And, and, and we were in the car with him and he goes, okay, give me the opening line. Yeah. Give me the opening line. So we started workshopping the opening line. He's like, okay, how do you make that more interesting? How do you make that more interesting? More interesting. And what he actually said was, was really um, a really good piece of advice. He was like, think about the most extreme, like hyperbolic version of your, of your opening line and then dial it back. Yeah. You know? So like you can say something that's really out of line first, but then dial it back. So for example, our, uh, our breakdown is about YouTube boxing and um, the title right now is uh, how the Paul brothers saved boxing. But where we got to with Jimmy, we threw out a couple different ones and we worked on, maybe it's better if it's more singular, like how Jake Paul saved boxing. And then maybe we take it even a step further and he suggested boxing industry. Which implies money. Which implies money. So how Jake Paul saved the boxing industry. So now we're like, you see how like it's, it's very subtle changes. It's not like, it, again, like sometimes brainstorming can sound like such an intangible thing to do. You're like, what does that look like when you brainstorm? All it is, is throwing ideas out and being like, well, what if we said this word instead of this word? And then talking about that. I mean, that's, Jimmy, that's all. He said that, you know, in the early days, he would brainstorm by opening the dictionary to a random page, picking a yeah. word, 
right? And then, you know, if he picks flowers, you go, all right, what's interesting about flowers? Mm -hmm. I gave my girlfriend 100,000 flowers, right? And you just start to like think about different titles based off of that one random word that was thrown your way. And now it's more- uh, Why don't we do a little exercise here? Oh, I was just going to say, I think we should. But now it seems like instead of a dictionary, he has people. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. He's got people who throw who throw things at him. That's what he said about what we should do is also have people throw things at us and then we like work with them. So like throw us another version of that title and then we kind of change that around and be like, oh, what if it's like this? And then maybe we have someone in a brainstorm room who's throwing us an opening line and being like, ooh, maybe that's a good opening line and shifting around. All right, Colin, banana. I ate 100,000 bananas. All right, what about... Uh, I ate the world's smallest banana. Because like, I think visually that would be kind of interesting to like look at a a, a, a tiny banana like this. I what, guess that would be that would be a YouTube short. <laughs> yeah. What What about something that would be more like a video we would make? Something around education, like knowledge, not like an act. Something about. I, I think if it was like if this was true, um, like. Uh, the dark side of the banana industry. Exactly. That, like the dark side of the banana industry, people would be like, what? Or if you were going to take a more positive spin, it would be, you know, the 10 health benefits of eating bananas every day or something. Yeah. I think... Uh, I mean, dark side is more interesting. Dark side is more interesting. Like, yeah. and, and that's where I think you would look at it and be like, that's an interesting hook. Is that true? So I think that's, that's something that's... If you want to just try some of this thinking about again, like the, what's the most extreme or like hyperbolic thing you can come up with and then back into if it's something you can do. If you can actually do yeah, it, can yeah. you do it. Again, like he, he said flowers was one of those words and then it was like, okay, I gave my girlfriend 100,000 flowers on Valentine's Day. Like, that'd be fun to watch. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I think that's a great exercise to like expand your mind all the way to the most extreme version and then dial it back because he said that about us. I thought it was so, so interesting. He was like, your, your opening line should be really extreme and controversial, but that's not your brand. So you, yeah. you also have to recognize that. So then dial it back to your brand. Yeah. And uh, make sure it uh, relates back to the title too. Yeah. You can't just be hyperbolic for no reason in a different yeah. direction. Yeah. So things that we're going to do to, uh, was there anything else you feel like that, that was like a big lesson out there? I mean, those were three of the big ones. Now, again, all of you will pull tons of lessons from the podcast that we put together. Yeah, I've got more, but I want to save them. I want to save them. Those three, I think, were just like us. Like, how is our life going to change this week after being in Greenville? Those are three. Um, Focusing on retention, uh, audience retention and and hooks and being better about not just, like, if we're going to put out a product, making the best possible product that we can, which means making the the opening as interesting as possible. Number two is about team, team. making sure your team is ag- as educated uh, yeah. as you are and also willing to tell you no. Yeah, willing to push back. Willing to push back. But also mission aligned, just like everyone on the team, even like the set designers, they would they would say stuff to Jimmy like, uh, no, you, we did that before and you didn't like that. So we're not, let's not do that. And he'd be like, oh, okay, you're right. And then, you know, like yeah. it wasn't his, he, he, he obviously has the final say, but his team was like, you know. Yeah, they're like saying yeah. like, well, that set wasn't interesting looking, you yeah, thought, yeah. in that video. They would push back on it. Yeah. That was cool. And, and then number three was focus. Focus. Like, if we really want to do this, if we really want to achieve, um, you know, the things that we want to do, like 
making the best videos possible, they can, that can unlock a lot of what we want to do in our life. And what Jimmy said, which I think is true. And then we also had, we had breakfast with Nas Daily this morning. Um, and he also said it too. It's like, there's definitely a million creators out there. There's definitely a million people who would watch our videos if we make them, if we, if we make them in the right way. Yeah, well, we've seen it's million, our job to find them. We've yeah. seen a million people watch our videos. Now, at the same time, like I really want, I love that we have a tight-knit community and I want that tight-knit community to always be there and grow with us. So I'm not saying that overnight I want a million people watching our videos. Like I want to have this grow at a pace that's comfortable. But I also think we have to unlock our minds right now and say, okay, could we 2X what we're doing? You know, and 2Xing is just like first and foremost, what, what Jimmy said, it's like, even he said to us, he was like, don't worry about subscribers. Like, don't think about subscribers. He said it's arbitrary. That's arbitrary. Like, think about how long someone's watching your video for. Like, think yeah. about if, we're, if we have 40% re- retention right now, let's 2X it and make it 80%. That's our goal for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and any video that hits that, that's a success. And any video that doesn't, that means we didn't, we didn't work on it as hard. Fourth lesson I would say is that your boys can ball. Like, we can hoop. Dude, I said it this morning. I'm ready to play ball. Same. I was thinking about like, putting out an Instagram story that was just like, any editors in LA want to play basketball? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I'm concerned about skill level. I would like people like me who sit in a chair all day long. We interviewed Logan Paul's editor, uh, Hayden, um, for, for our boxing episode. And I, I'm concerned at how much he wants to box you. That's concerning to me. I'm concerned with how much I'm interested in that. I just think that's fascinating. Oh my God. Because you know what? I think we have to I would that. need a trainer. Yeah. And I'm interested in getting a trainer right now. A company would pay for the trainer. It's an expense for a video. Sure. All of a sudden I get super buff. Maybe we can get a protein drink to sponsor the whole thing. I mean, imagine. And then, we, and then we get a documentary crew to follow me around. I'm into it. I'm the next best lightweight editor yeah. boxer. Sure. Or I get knocked out yeah, and then, yeah, you know, yeah, but I'm going to wear headgear. <laughs> I'm not going pro. The, the last thing I'm going to say is on the way back, uh, when we were driving back to the airport from Greenville, we were in the most intense lightning and thunderstorm ever. Period. Period. That has ever existed. In my world. On planet Earth. In my world, yes, that is a true statement. No, it like, was pretty intense. I mean, there, were, there was hail uh, that was like the size of golf balls. Let's do this. Let's post the video of the lightning on Twitter. And if you're listening to this, Confirm. Confirm if it's the most intense lightning strike and just storm you've seen or if you've seen worse. Uh, you know, granted, this is coming from two guys who live in Los Angeles, and I don't think it's rained here in the last 20 years. <laughs> well. So, something to think about. Something to think about. But that's, that's for yeah. you to decide and watch on our Twitter. But the pod squad will know. They'll come over to the Twitter, and they'll, they'll know. They'll know it's the most intense. Quote, retweet, and say this is the most intense. <laughs> yeah, quote, retweet it. And let's get it trending. Yeah. You know, lightning strikes. And it's the most intense. And it's the most intense. Yeah, it's the we've most ever intense. Seen. Um, all right. So our video is going to come out on Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening to this when this comes out, which is Monday, um, and we're going to drop some exclusive information in the published press, and we're launching merch. That was going to be part of the exclusive information. Oh, but we should tell all of you. But we're yeah, launching we're merch. launching merch on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Our published merch is, is finally coming out. You guys have been asking about it for a year. If you subscribe to the published press, though, today, you'll get the issue on Tuesday. Yeah. And you'll have early access. That's true. That is true. So, yeah, subscribe to the published press. Get ready for some published merch. Uh, and get ready for our, our, our video on Wednesday. And lastly, 
Stay tuned for our Mr. Beast interview. It's a good one. We also interviewed Carl Jacobs, who's the number one Twitch streamer. That was interesting. That was super fascinating. Carl yeah. was amazing. Yeah. yeah. He was really cool. Last thing, if there are any creators out there that want to go two on two yeah. on the court. Let's do it. Like we're ready. I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm actually, I'm about to order some Jordans. Like I'm ready yeah, to ball. Same. I was yeah. like, I need better footwear. Yeah. Let's get uniforms. I found a court too. I mean, there's courts all over here, man. No, yeah, but a court that I don't think is going to be that crowded at night. Let's go play pickup. No. Start playing some pickup. I'm actually, I thought about it. Or you and I should go work on our jumpers. jumpers I think that's what we need to do shot. is do shooting workouts first because okay. we didn't have a problem getting open. That okay. wasn't, like, here's, here's I was able thing. to drive. Uh, I was able to move and find space. When I dribble though, I look like Stanley from the office. Yes, you that's, do. That's, that's yeah. the issue. I can't dribble. I can, I can shoot and I got some like defense in me. So, all right. Actually, the thing is, if there are people who want to play two on two, sure. But if there's a basketball trainer listening to this, and a boxing trainer. You need a boxing trainer now. We just need fitness coaches. We need like on-call fitness coaches at all times. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I loved how much yeah. <laughs> I... Yeah, end of story. Yeah, yeah. we do. We need it. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast of the Colin and Samir Show. Again, this is audio only. It's exclusive for all of you who are listening in your cars or maybe while you're doing laundry or maybe while you're doing the dishes. Let us know where you're listening from and what are you doing while you're listening? Like, are you working out? Is this like getting you juice to, to lift? <laughs> I, I, from, from what I understand yeah. and what I see on Twitter, most people listen they while went, they work. They listen while they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Listen while they edit. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, I hope those, those lessons were as valuable for you guys as, as they were for us. Again, like when we release our full new interview with Mr. Beast, um, I think you guys will find it really, really interesting. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Published Press. And we got merch coming this week. See ya.